Greetings, my fellow overthinkers. This is your overthinker, Josh, speaking once again. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Anthologies of an Overthinker. Uh, today's topic is one that I feel is not taken seriously, so it has become something that is very much underutilized. And uh, what that is is you know, self-talk. You know, and self-talk isn't necessarily when you talk to yourself. I mean, we all talk to ourselves. We all uh, think out loud, and sometimes we answer our own questions. But that's not the type of self-talk that I'm speaking about today. See, the self-talk that I mean is the inner monologue self-talk. That self-talk that is in the back of your head that uh, sometimes can be a bully and sometimes can be your friend. You know, I feel a lot of the times we get a lot of people whose self-talk ends up becoming more of a bully than their friend. And, I mean, there are, there are factors into what... Uh, what may cause that, I mean, there's probably one of the main ones would be your uh, self-esteem, perhaps your ego. Is your ego a jerk? Is your ego your friend, your ally, willing to help you through whatever day-to-day -day happenings this world has to offer? But if you've got someone in the back of your head telling you you're not good enough, telling you that you can't do good enough, telling you that you're never going to be good enough. That's, well, essentially a form of, uh, well, I guess that's deconstructive reinforcement. So, I mean, if you were, if you were to break down deconstructive reinforcement, there's uh, obviously the flip side of that would be, you know, constructive reinforcement, you know, reinforce something that's constructive to the mind, something that's going to, to help change your thought patterns. So if you end up stuck in the pattern of going the other way of that, destructive reinforcement, I mean, it's like doing the same thing over and over again, it becomes a muscle memory. And a muscle memory is something that becomes so natural that you don't even think about it when you're doing it. And the danger of your self-talk becoming a muscle memory is that if you don't have your self-talk, your, your inner monologue, you know, brought in and under control, if it's controlling you and you're not controlling it, well, then the, the danger factor is upped even more. Because then you have, you have other aspects of things that uh, end up they're getting thrown into the mix as well. I mean, if you always have someone berating you, and in this ironic case, that someone would be yourself. Because in, in the long run of things, I mean, you're you're kind of feeding into your own, uh, in a way, I guess, your own ideals. 
but you don't realize that they are your ideals. Whether they're negative, whether they're good, whether they're bad, whether they're the greatest of thoughts you can possibly have, you're still feeding into it yourself. And of course, I mean, you have your outside influences, you have the media, you have news, you have social media, which is even more toxic than the regular media at times, influencing those thought patterns, influencing what it is to, uh, to construct yourself. Because in a lot of ways, we as human beings have a very difficult time understanding what it is we're meant to do here, what it is we're meant to be, I mean, what's this purpose? And when that uncertainty arises, you end up with this, uh, well, the negative self-talk, the, what am I doing here? Why am I here? Am I even worth the breath that I'm breathing? And as morbid as that may sound to say, Am I worth the breath that I'm breathing? You'd be surprised how many people out there question that. It's not because, you know, they can't, they can't understand that answer for themselves. But it could just be that they've been having that deconstructive reinforcement pounded into their brain for so long that now they've just forgot what it felt like to feel the other way. And a lot of the times that's what it boils down to is we forget what it is that we're, you know, we want to feel. You know, some people have gotten to points in their life where they forgot how to feel happy. They forgot what their most joyful moments felt like and in doing so it's it becomes like a black hole where it's sucking out sucking up all of the good things all of the the good memories and it's just can leave you as a husk a husk of a black hole that can't help but just suck in any any good thoughts because sometimes it's hard to see the good it's hard to acknowledge any good thoughts because there's so much in this world that reminds us how cruel it can be when you can't flip on the news or read a news article or look at anything that's basically informing those of what's going on in this world without seeing something that's so so disheartening that you, you can't help but wonder I mean, is there still good in this world because i mean really there of course there is but when that seems to be so far and few between, what can we do but not help but think that it's not there? I mean, you come to these impasses in life 
where sometimes it becomes so overwhelming, sometimes it can feel so hopeless that you can't really do anything to change it. So why even bother? Why waste the energy? But really, in the, in the grander scheme of self-talk, if it was a, a battle of good and bad, or, well, then obviously we know which one won in that case. I mean, the, the negative self-talk, although more prevalent, is definitely not more powerful. Because the, uh, the negative self-talk that we get ourselves caught up in, it's not anything that is huge. They usually come in flurries. You know, like if it was a uh, comparable to that of a you know, boxing punches. You know, this would be a flurry of punches. It would be something that eventually it's going to tire itself out and gonna is going to you know, just give up after a bit if you let it. But if you just let those flurries keep wearing you down and wearing you down, well, what's going to be left other than just a worn down husk of who you used to be? And when that happens... It uh, becomes one of those things of you may even be forgetting who you were before you got sucked into this this black hole of negative self-talk. And this is why I say that it is so so dangerous to not be able to reel in exactly what it is that that keeps us in these mindsets. You know, I, I was one that heavily, heavily dealt in negative self-talk. Because I was always doubting myself. I was always assuming that I was inadequate. But inadequate compared to what? Compared to who? I mean, where do we come up with these ideas of feeling like we are not good enough? Feeling as though we are inadequate in who we are. I mean, when we come into this world as, you know, obviously babies, but we don't necessarily come into this world as full-on human beings. We come into this world as, well, a spiritual being, a your soul, a, you know, an energy body. I mean, depending on your outlook on, on this topic, I mean, it could be anything. But as we come into this world, I like to prefer the term spiritual being. So going forward, that's what I'm going to say. But we come into this world into a body that is human. And we are spiritual beings that are well, amnesic. Because if a spiritual being knows all and understands all because they've been through it, 
You can't come back into a regular human existence knowing all, understanding all, without being completely jaded to the world because you know, you already know everything. But as a human being, a human being has to start fresh. Otherwise, it becomes a very traumatic experience. And that's, that's a topic for another day, but uh, going on as far as when we start these lives, we start off as spiritual beings, not knowing, not knowing anything, not knowing up from down, left from right. We don't know uh, yes from no. There's, there's no concept of what it is that we know until we understand you know, the world around us from the well, sensory side of things. Because, you know, when we come into this world, all we know is what we, we know from our senses, you know, our five senses. And outside of that, you end up with the, the influences of, well, your family, your friends, your environment, those around you that... Uh, that also become influences. I mean, there's many things that, that mold and shape what it is that we are as uh, human beings and how we view this, this uh, existence of humanity. But we can't, we can't stop seeing that, even though there is lots of bad and negative influences out in the world, there are still plenty of good ones. And there are still plenty of things to to recognize in this world is it being worth it, this life being worth it. Because when we get caught up in the influences of everything that this world has to offer, well, you end up with this this mentality of, well, is this my thought? Or is this someone else's thought? Is this from the news that I had just watched? Am I being fed toxic material? I mean, is my brain eating the right content? Because really, in this day and age, you could probably find a narrative for any any uh, topic you could uh, want. So let's you know let's speak on you know say aliens. I mean there could be people out there that never see anything in their news feed about aliens because maybe it's not a topic they've ever talked about, ever discussed, ever thought about, ever typed in their in their. Uh, search box or you know spoken about out loud typed in a text message any way that the uh, the internet and the social media knows what our topics of interest are but then you could have someone who has nothing but things about aliens and alien conspiracies and you know what have you, 
That's the only thing fed into their box because that's their most topic of interest. Now, and that's just me using aliens as an example, but apply that same principle to all of the other influences in this world and how our brains, as, even as adults, our brains are sponges. I mean, yes, they say that a child's brain is a sponge, but it would be the idea if a child's brain is a sponge, that brain is a fresh sponge. It is ready to absorb everything because it's got a, it's a clean, fresh sponge that's never been used. But the adult sponge, the adult sponge brain, you could say, it's, it's been around the ringer a bit. I mean, it's, uh, it's cleaned up a few messes, it's done the dishes a few times, it's, it's gotten as good, good use of wear and tear. But that doesn't mean that it's completely useless now because it's not as absorbent as it was. So now, even though it's not as absorbent, it still sucks in the influence of the world. And sometimes what's left of the absorbent brain, the sponge part of the brain that still has a little bit more to to suck in, well, maybe that remaining, that remaining bit left is what is being used up by hopefully not a negative influence. Because, I mean, if all your brain power has left is just enough to influence you towards, you know, the, the tipping scale... Well, obviously, you're going to not, not want to be in a, in a bad spot later down the road because now you're caught up in a, uh, perhaps an, a nihilistic, uh, pessimistic like view of the world. And like I was mentioning earlier, it can be like a black hole. Well, I mean, a person that has a, a pessimistic and nihilistic view of the world also get sucked into that black hole of the world that, you know, drains energy. And that's one of the things that uh, makes self-talk, or the right kind of self-talk, I should say, so important. It's so detrimental to, you know, not just our health and our... Uh, mental well-being, but those around us. Because people, you know, while not literal vampires, as in, now I'm going to suck your blood, are those that have a tendency to have, well, let's say vampiric-like tendencies. So if a vampire sucks the blood out of someone, an energy vampire will drains someone of their energy. And everybody knows what I'm referring to in a way because they've experienced it themselves. You know, you're, uh, you're going, about, uh, going about your day and, you know, you're in a, let's just say you're in a neutral mood and you're uh, doing what you happen to be doing at that moment. 
now you walk by someone or you uh, see a group of people and now now that uh, something feels off something doesn't feel right it just seems uh, seems like something just sucking the energy out of me you know and that's one of those things that happens wherever you go not just with people but in places and things sometimes I mean, that's where you get the idea of uh, residual energies. I mean, it's how people can feel very, uh, very off, you could say, around uh, specific places, specific scenarios. You just feel like, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't, uh, I don't like this area. I don't like this. Uh, I don't like the way being around this person makes me feel. And those are all things that if you, if a person would really believe in it, that, uh, you know, the proper kind of self-talk could help. So, you know, we have, uh, we have a lot of people in this world who, who believe in the idea of, uh, let's say, the, the law of attraction. You know, and for those that aren't entire, entirely familiar with the law of attraction, is it's basically in a, in the uh, the short version, it's the idea that what you what you think and what you put out into the world and the way that you carry yourself in the world, you know, you put out good, you get good. It's very similar to the uh, to a programming uh, you know, it's a maybe a guideline not a rule but it's uh, what they call in computer programming or any sort of programming is is G-I-G-O or gigo but garbage in garbage out the idea that if you put garbage into something you're gonna it's gonna come right back to you and that's what the basic principle of the law of attraction is if you put out anything but uh, you know, positive ideas, or let's say anything that uh, anything that could bring you know bad vibes or bad energy your way, you know, you put it out there, it's going to come back to you. It's almost like a boomerang effect. But that is almost something that can be. Considered preposterous. I mean, uh, you think, okay, yeah, real, okay, yeah. I'm just gonna be, just gonna be positive all the time. Just be optimistic. I'm gonna be that optimistic idiot, and all of a sudden, everything's gonna be better. I mean, yeah, okay. When you put it that way, it does sound ridiculous. But you can make anything sound ridiculous if you put it in the right, uh, uh, in the right undermining context. I mean, I'm. I am great at doing that. I'm not going to do it right now, but I'm just saying I understand it because I know how to do it. And it's not, it's not something that helps any of us to you know, discredit something that we don't understand. As you know, and I never quite understood the, the concept of it up until the last like, four or five years. I mean, I knew, I was aware the idea of it, 
but I never knew exactly what it was about, what, uh, how, how does it affect people? How does it affect me? And it was very strange to see that sort of flip side of the coin. Because I was always very, uh, very paranoid and thinking, what I, uh, what am I doing? Am I doing it right? Like if I always figured if something bad was going to happen, it was going to happen to me. And for the first, let's see, 10, 15 years of my adult life, that's exactly what happened. But I never really thought of it as far as, is this something that I cause? Is the world cruel? I mean, there's no way that this is the way life is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be an uphill battle. This isn't supposed to be like a, a Sisyphean effort. You know, Sisyphus being the one, you know, punished by the gods, so to speak, to have to push a boulder uphill for eternity. That's not what life was supposed to be about. But for the longest time, that's what it felt like. Until... Until I turned that corner and saw that, okay, maybe there is something to this uh, constantly thinking that the bad could happen or constantly assuming that if the bad thing could happen, well, it's going to be me that it happens to. Now, I don't know if you can call it luck or if you can call it... manifestation or will, but the latter half of my uh, adult life, let's see, I'm 40 now as of this recording, but about 15 years ago, I mean, my life was sort of upside down in a lot of ways. I mean, I'd uh, experienced many things that uh, a lot of people uh, wouldn't have liked to, and, you know, it turned me into something better. That version of me, I guess, hmm, may seem like a morbid way to put it, but that version of me died. And we, we die many times throughout this lifetime, not physically, because obviously if you die physically, that means, well, your body is no longer able to Sustain your spiritual self. But you die as a version of yourself. I mean, we should all be constantly evolving and you know, being a better variation of ourselves than we were before, right? I mean, nobody wants to be going backwards. I mean, we don't go, we don't experience this world as a means of going backwards and, you know, experiencing the worst that this world has to offer. I mean, nobody wants that. And anyone that does want that, well, I can't wrap my brain around why anyone would want that. So, it's kind of a kind of a weird idea to think that someone would, would 
But until uh, hmm. I uh, finish this topic, this has uh, gone on a lot longer than I thought, so we're going to have to take a bit of a commercial break. I mean, because apparently I have much more to say on this topic than I thought. So stick with me. Tune in later if you'd like to see how this concludes. <laughs> and thank you. And welcome back from the break. Hope you enjoyed that break as much as I have. You know, uh, sometimes when you uh, talk for a long period of time, your mouth tends to dry up, and it just gets a little bit more difficult to uh, to talk. But uh, here we are, back again to uh, anthologies of an overthinker. You know, before the break, we were discussing the topic of uh, you know self-talk and uh, its harmful and advantageous effects. But uh, even more particularly, we're talking about, you know, evolving as a person, or devolving as a person, which uh, most people probably don't want to do, but who knows, there could be a few out there that, uh, that could just, out of spite, who knows. But, uh, you know, in terms of uh, self-talk, much of us think of it as just, just talk. I mean, if I talk bad about myself, I mean, it doesn't mean anything, does it? Does it really affect anything? Do I really believe it? I mean, and it can seem, it can seem preposterous in a way to think that, you know, words and talk is just that, and there's no power behind them. But the funny thing about that is, there's more power to words than you expect. Some people even say that they would rather be physically abused than mentally or emotionally abused because there is a, a sense and a layer of trauma that can be, uh, that can be involved with a, an emotional or a mental abuse. So there has to be some sort of power to, to words and... Uh, especially self-talk. But has there really been any proof in regards to whether good and bad self-talk really does have any sort of physical effect on us? And, you know, the, the short answer is yes. Yes, it really does have an effect on our, on not just our physical selves, but our brains. There is a, there is an idea called neuroplasticity, which is a concept that our brains are like uh, electrical circuits firing all the time, rewiring themselves all the time, trying to find new neural paths all the time. And if we're feeding those neural paths with with uh, negative strings of energy or positive strings of energy, well then, you know, we could be rewiring our brain to, you know, a, a good path or the bad path. And obviously most people would rather take a good path than the bad path because, I mean, we don't want to live a life of strife. We don't want to struggle in these in this uh, experience that we call living, we want to be able to have a fruitful life, live a life that we're, you know, 
happy to live, not one that we you know, regret waking up in the morning to and you know, you roll out of bed and you're just dragging your ass along, just going about the motions, not really enjoying the flow of, of life and what it has to give you. And there, there really is some basis behind retraining your brain. And a lot of that has to do with the proper self-talk. You know, not, not letting your, your inner jerk get the best of you, so to speak. I mean, we can all sit here and berate ourselves for this and that and you know, not, uh, not being good enough to our standards or not being good enough to someone else's standards if you were being held to standards that are established by other people. But really, we're not here to make other people happy. And other people aren't necessarily here to make us happy. So when we're speaking in terms of what we hear from other people and what we hear from ourselves, if anything, it should just be a matter of we're here to make sure that us, our individual beings, can do everything in our power to make ourselves realize that not that we can just be happy, but that we deserve to be happy. Because there can be a thought pattern where people can get caught up in the idea that they don't deserve happiness. They don't deserve to have good things. They don't deserve to uh, have good experiences. But that could just be you know, a person's environment, a person's upbringing, a person's self-talk or external speak that they hear from, from others, telling, this, telling these things to them in such a way that now they believe it. And belief is, is a very strong thing. Belief is something that, you, that can pull you out of the depths of the murkiest waters, so to speak, or drag you down to the deepest black holes of life. And it's easy to get dragged into, you know, the, the black holes of life. And I mean black holes as in, you know, a, a black hole sucks everything into it, is, has such a strong pull that not even light can escape it. And sometimes we have scenarios in our lives where we have black hole energies, energy black holes to where it just sucks all the energy out of you. And that is part of the cause of, uh, you know, incorrect brain training, you could say. So like when I speak of this uh, different, uh, different brain training, retraining your brain, your brain isn't set in stone in how you think. If you're sad for whatever reason, you don't just stay sad forever. 
things can happen to change those feelings, to change those emotions. And it's very important to realize that we don't have to be stuck in these thought patterns. We can do more to break ourselves free from any negative or harmful self-talk. You know, by telling us, you know, I am, I am better than this. I can do better than what I did before. You know, this person that says that I'm not good enough, who are they? Who are they to tell me that? They don't know me. They don't know who I am, what I'm capable of. They're just saying this to be hurtful. And a lot of the times, people say things to others, especially things of negative connotations, as a means to, I guess you could say, self-soothe. Because a lot of the times, people have this, uh, this way of is projecting. Now, projecting one's own feelings on others as a means to release it from themselves. And that can be something that is very, uh, very damaging to those that's hearing it. And we're not in this world to be each other's punching bags, to make each other feel better by berating the next person beside us, just because we can't feel better about ourselves without putting down another person. I mean, that's not the way that we as humans, we as, you know, let's just say a heavenly family, as in a family of everyone, we all live under the same, under the same stars, under the same heaven, we bleed the same blood. There's nothing that really sets us apart as humans because if you're a human, you're a human. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter where you came from. You're still a human. And I can walk down the street and I can see a dozen different colors of other humans. But that doesn't mean that they're any different from the next human. They just look slightly different. That's all based down to individuality. We all want to be individuals. And in being individuals, sometimes we can be, you know, singled out in a negative way for that individuality. Because someone's individuality to another person can seem strange, can look strange, can look like something that, uh, well, you know what, I'm going to make fun of that because... You know, that person's a weirdo, or that person looks like a weirdo, or acts like a weirdo, so I'm going to make fun of them because, you know, that'll be fun for me. That'll make me feel better about myself. I mean, I don't know if those are the people that have those sort of thoughts, if that's what their thought process is, because, I mean, I'm personally not that type of person to, you know, judge. I'm not one to judge a person by who they are. I want to know not by who they are, but by what they are. I want to know who that person is. Because deep down, it's just, just like that old saying, you can't judge a book by its cover. I mean, aren't, aren't we all as humans just one big story that hasn't been told yet? 
because it is an ongoing book that's unfolding as we experience it. And as these stories unfold, you never know what is coming. I mean, you can, you can plan everything to the precise second, but that doesn't mean that that's the way it's going to go. That doesn't mean that there is no possible way that it can stray from that. It just means that we aren't meant to necessarily live in a structured way as far as got to do this at this time, that at that time, and you got to be on schedule to this. I mean, you know, in some facets of life, yes, we do have that. But that limits experience. That limits how we see this world. That limits how how our perspective of not this world, but reality is. Because reality isn't just, you know, the everyday, day-to-day, what we do. We, we wake up, we eat breakfast, we take our morning commute to work, we do our jobs, and, you know, we get off work, clock out of work, and then we go home, wind down from the day, and do whatever it is you do before you go to bed, and rinse and repeat and do it all over again. There's a, a level of monotony that gets involved with uh, just sticking to a structured day to day to day to day to day. It becomes a, uh, a Groundhog's Day effect. To anyone who has not, uh, is not familiar with the reference I just threw out, it was an old movie with uh, Bill Murray. Groundhog's Day, where he was uh, he was essentially forced to relive the same day in and out, over and over and over again. And essentially, it was an allegory as far as how we live our lives. Do we live our lives the same way over and over and over again? Or do we choose to break up that monotony from time to time? Do we choose to see that... And well, I don't have to take the same road home every day. I don't have to do this task the same way every time. And break up the monotony and, you know, let's, let's change it up a bit. Mix it up a bit so that it's not so boring and mundane. And in doing so, it allows us to break free from, you know, our comfort zones. And as comfortable as our comfort zones are... It makes it uh, very easy to crop yourself in a bubble. And sometimes if you get stuck too deep into that bubble, well, your perspective becomes only a perspective of what you're allowing into that bubble. And we all have a, a personal bubble, whether, whether we see it as our personal space, or whether we see it as, you know, the the energy sphere, so to speak, that we all have around us. That's how when you get close to a person, you can, to an extent, feel their energy, feel their emotions. Because we all have this, this sphere of energy around us that's constantly changing and evolving depending on our emotions. Because really, it's our emotions that dictate what it is the energy that we put out feels like. 
I mean, if you're a person who is always, you know, pessimistic and you have this nihilistic view of the world and you can't help but see the bad in everything, well, you know, maybe that's a product of, of a negative self-talk that's pushing those ideals into your head. But is that really you? Is that, if that's not who you want to be, then that's not really you. Those aren't your influences. Those are the influences of probably the world, maybe social media. Maybe you heard someone at work that, uh, that said something that is uh, you know, a little bit disconcerting, and now, now it's into your brain, and now you're thinking about it, and now it's dragging you down, and you don't even realize it. Because, you know, face it, we have, we have the a sense of, of hearing. Most of us can hear things, and sometimes we hear things we don't want to. And when we hear consistent and constant negative speak, that could rewire our brains and send us on a path that we don't want to be at. A path of pessimism, a path of... I'm not good enough. A path of this world sucks. It's never going to be better. My life sucks. Everything sucks. You suck. The world sucks. And it's just always going to suck. But even if it does always suck, there is a way to turn it around. That is, like I was mentioning before, the law of attraction in a way. Or... Like I was mentioning with the, uh, the old programming rule of thumb, garbage in, garbage out. So if you put garbage into your, uh, your psyche, your mentality, the way you view the world, well, that's what you're going to get too. I mean, you... They say you, you reap what you sow. So if you are constantly putting out uh, garbage into the world, then, I mean, you're going to get garbage back in. I mean, you, you can't expect that if you put, put the worst into the world, the world's going to come back and just give you everything you could possibly want. You know, give you the grandest life you could ever possibly imagine, just because, even, even though... You don't deserve that just because you want it. You have to bring it into you. You have to bring the things that you like into you in such a way that your brain knows that you've, you deserve it, that you've earned it, that it's something that you, you are allowed to have. As if, it's, as if it wasn't a birthright. But it is all our birthrights to be to be happy, to be able to enjoy this existence. It's just sometimes we can be put into this world in some of the most dire of circumstances, in such ways that there is, there is seemingly nothing that can pull us out of it. But there are many, many stories and experiences in scenarios in this world where people have came from 
the worst of situations and pulled themselves out of it, made their lives something better than they could have ever imagined. And even more so, something better than anyone around them ever could have imagined. Because many people in this world have been faced with naysayers. People that tell them they can't do something. People that tell them they're not good enough to be able to do this. They're not good enough to be able to do that. That's, that's not the type of person you are. You won't be able to figure that out. You won't be able to finish that. You couldn't follow through with this. You don't have the, the brain power to be able to do that. You don't have the, you're too much of a procrastinator to do this. I mean, those are all, those are all patterns of negative speech that we tend to get wrapped up in if we allow it to wrap us up. And if we allow it to wrap us up like that, then really all we're doing is letting ourselves get beat up. And beat up by the, by the woes of the world, by the woes of society, and you know, by, by those in society that are, that are looking to you know, perhaps bring themselves up by putting those around them down. And that's a very common thing that happens in this world. And it's something that, I mean, obviously it shouldn't. I mean, we're not here to bring each other down. I mean, humans are already a very destructive creature as it is. Between, you know, destroying near everything we, we interact with, why are we going to destroy each other as well? Bring each other down? I mean, we as humans should be propping each other up. Helping each other achieve greater things. Helping each other realize that we are more than what we are told. I mean, sometimes we're told that we're nothing. Sometimes we're told that we'll never amount to anything. Sometimes we're told that we can't achieve our dreams. Sometimes we're told that, you know, you, you'll never be able to, you know, be a doctor. You'll never be a singer. You'll never be an actor. You'll never, you'll never be able to achieve any of your goals because you're just not good enough. But just because someone says it, that doesn't mean that it's true. The only person that can dictate that is yourself. In feeding yourself with constructive self-talk, positive self-talk, is not just the best way to do it, but the most effective way. I mean, we have a lot of self-help books and self-development uh, books or personal development books that, in this world that, that others have uh, written to help us come to these realizations. Hell, I mean, that's partly why I'm putting together this podcast is help people come to a realization that maybe they can't come to on their own because they've been beaten down by so much deconstructive talk that not only has that deconstructive talk just been berating words, but it's done its purpose 
of whoever is trying to deconstruct whoever they're speaking at. And there's no reason why we should do that to each other, let alone ourselves. Because really, in, in the grand scheme of everything, we as human beings, we are not only our, our best and greatest enemy, but we're also the only ones that, in the long run, we might even be able to count on. I mean, yes, we, we come into this world with family, but sometimes we can't be solely dependent on those around us to do what we to do the things that we need to accomplish. That's where that belief comes in. You believe that you can do something, and if you truly believe it, not just say, yeah, I believe that I can be a better person. Yeah, uh-huh, yep. That's just words. Just uh, meaningless words. But like I had said, words have power. Words have power when they're used correctly. Words have power when they're used in the right context. And words can have power when spoken and heard by the right people, in the right context. And this is what this entire episode has been about, is understanding that self-talk, while, yes, it is only just words, words aren't just words. There's meaning behind them. There's power behind them. They can be both the, the thing that can bring, bring a person up in the snap of a finger or drag them down with a blink of an eye. And it can be very easy to forget that that is something that can happen completely unknowingly, unwittingly even. And it would be It'd be like showing showing someone, you know, a, a, let's say a complete lack of acknowledgement. Let's say you're at a, you're at a store and, you know, there's a, uh, there's a door that uh, you hold open. Sometimes you hold an open a door for a person. And it just seems like a very, just a very common gesture. Or maybe for some people it's a very uncommon gesture, but... You hold a door open for someone, that person can see that as a gesture of something that, that they don't necessarily get very often. And that could be something as, you know what, I, people do see me in this world. People do recognize me in this world, and maybe I do matter. All because of one gesture revolving around holding a door open for someone. Or saying thank you. Or saying I appreciate you. I mean, we go into grocery stores and we, we buy our groceries and some of us will just wait in line, get our groceries checked out, you know, they get bagged up or we bag them up ourselves and nobody will say anything to, this, uh, to the cashier. Sometimes it was, the most will be, oh, hi, or uh, how are you? And that's just, you know... Uh, a formality, just uh, trying to be a you know a common courtesy. But what about striking up like a, a friendly conversation, or you know, making a uh, 
a friendly joke, something to lighten the mood, something to give a person a smile on their face. Because really, if, if a person goes the entire day and can't, can't understand why, why they can't be happy, why they can't smile, it's very draining. Like that energy black hole. It just sucks the life out of you and then you're just like, oh, I can't do anything because I'm just so drained. Because emotional and mental draining situations are much more taxing than physically draining situations. You know, a person that ran a mile and a person who just got you know, berated for uh, 10, 20 minutes because they did something wrong. I mean, that person's going to be drained even more because you need your mind fresh and healthy in order for your body to follow in suit. And if your mind isn't fresh and healthy, then your body's not going to be able to follow that example of, you know, let's be fresh and healthy. Because something has to set an example for our bodies. And it's, it can't be just the outside world. So what else could it be? Well, it would be our minds, our spiritual selves, our energy selves, whatever we may refer to it as. But we can't uh, forget that we are, we are all worth the things that we like. We are worth being better. We are all worth... You know, the, the breath that we breathe, the, the lives that we live. I mean, sometimes we can get caught up in a mindset of, you know, this existence is just futile. I'm just, I'm spinning my wheels, nothing's happening, I'm not doing anything, I'm just, I'm just here. There's no purpose to me, I'm just here. So why am I here? If I have no purpose, why am I here? And there's so many people that get stuck in that uh, idea of, why am I here? Because we're told that we must have some sort of purpose or some sort of meaning in order for our lives to be important. Otherwise, you're just a waste of space. But that's not true. Nobody is here on this earth just to be here. We are all here to experience something that we were meant to experience or help someone else experience something that they were meant to experience. I mean, we are, we are all beings of energy that come from the same source. Whether that source be considered uh, you know, God, if you, if you believe that we are all children of God, or you know, maybe we all come from a, a greater consciousness, the universe. Maybe we all, we're all born from the universe as beings of energy and the universe is the biggest mass of energy that we all come from that's why we have a connect this connection to the universe because that's where we came from we came from the universe as beings of energy meant to experience the universe and if we're not meant to experience the universe in a meaningful way then perhaps you chose the wrong the wrong uh, incarnation, so to speak, because we're not here just to be here. We chose to be here. And when I say we chose to be here, I mean us as individuals. Us as 
is individual human beings that experience things in this world that the uh, the universe or God or you know the higher consciousness or whatever it is that uh, that you may uh, refer to it as. I mean, I personally see it as, of course, there may be a greater power, a greater energy, greater consciousness, but we are all from the same thing. We are all from the same existence. We all experience the same, the same existence to an extent. The only difference being that the scenarios we experience are a little different. In order for us to have those slight variations to bring back to the greater experience of the universe, to God, to a greater consciousness, to the etheric plane of the, you know, the all-knowing consciousness, maybe. But we can't become disconnected from ourselves. We cannot become disconnected from knowing how important we are to not just those around us, ourselves, or the universe, but to the, the greater picture of, of everything. We're not just here to be here. We're here for a purpose. And if you can't find that purpose right away, that doesn't mean you're not, you're not worthwhile, that you aren't meant to be here, that you're, you're meaningless. It just means that maybe it's taking a little bit longer to figure out what that purpose is. This has so far been my longest episode of Anthologies of an Overthinker. So, uh, before I uh, carry it along too long, I'm going to go ahead and cut this, cut this to an end because I think I've covered a lot of good information, a lot of good topics in this uh, specific episode. And I've got... Uh, I've got the less I need to say, because I, you know, I've, like I was mentioning earlier, sometimes when you talk a lot, you dry out your mouth and you can't really speak as easily. And that's where I'm at, fellas, ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, whatever you are listening out there, whether you're... This has been your uh, overthinker speaking, Josh. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Anthologies of an Overthinker. And I'm reminding you to never overthink that you anything that you don't have to, because that's what we do here at Anthologies of an Overthinker. So, until next time, thank you for tuning in, and take care of yourselves. This audio is made with Audio Toolkit for Windows Store, downloaded for free now.